again, this is not a sob story episode, but at the end of the day, we're looking for reasons why maybe we didn't think the way we did. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another heart train. I'm Ev. This is Serm. How we doing? We're good. We're, 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 we're pumped up. We're back. We're going to unpack a couple of your rounds. I think there's going to be a lot of good nuggets here. But first, in case you guys are new, welcome aboard. If your golf game's off the rails, you're sick riding the stroke bus, you definitely come to the right place. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, we can smile through anything. We have anyone from a PGA Tour pro to a golfer like you and me to unpack the mental game, help you get off that struggle bus and get back on track. This episode of The Par Train, like every episode, is presented by our friends at Roback Activewear. I'm wearing the performance tee. You're wearing the polo. And Classic guys, star. it's so versatile. It's so comfortable. It's so stretchy. And it's so stylish. You got to go to Roback.com, enter the code TRAIN, and get 15% off your next order. They just dropped a ton of new colors that I absolutely love. They dropped this new green that's basically the Par Train green. You see this color green? It's my favorite color. They just dropped a Q-zip in that color and polos. Oh, I might snag them. So, Roback.com. You know, I'm a Q-zip guy. Fall's coming. It's been hot in Chicago. I know. Fall is on its way. Fall's coming. I'm going to Scotland soon, so I might have to get a couple. uh, That's that's Q-zip. Yep. A couple new stuff. Wear it under my my raincoat in case it starts pouring down. So, Roback.com, enter the code TRAIN, get 50% off. Okay. I think this is going to be good, sir, because this is a mental game roundtable in case you guys haven't hopped aboard a mental game roundtable before we're going to go through a couple key rounds so that you guys can hear how we do it. So you can do it with your own rounds, right. And understand kind of the keys of what led to a good hole, what led to going off the rails, what led to a bad round versus a good round. We actually just did this recently where we unpacked two of your best rounds. So I think yeah. this is actually going to be good to maybe unpack some of your higher rounds. Quick caveat, your scratch player. So for you, a 76 and an 80 is some of your worst rounds where I think a lot of our listeners would kill for a 76 or 80. So you guys got to take that with a grain of salt, but we're going to unpack the learnings that will apply to any level. So keep that in mind. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's all about perspective, right? Ab? I think I never like playing bad rounds, but I texted you to, what, a couple of days ago. I was just like, you know, I've had a couple bad, bad showings, but there's, there's positives you could probably take from it. And I think today what we want to do is obviously we'll discuss what went wrong, you know, and kind of, you know, draw out the scenarios, the courses and the environments and just kind of figure it out a little bit. You know, should the sirens be going off? We're going to brush it aside. We'll I mean, are the, are the panic <laughs> sirens, have they started? <laughs> I mean, it'll be like shooting an 80, you know, again, perspective guys, but it's the same for any of us, right? And you're really having a good year, good round, you know, but it's a long year. And then kind of just that day happens. Like, where did this come from? You know, who yeah. is this golfer? But that's what this game does to us. It and is crazy though. Isn't it crazy how it's only like 10 shots difference of like what yeah. your bad round is versus my bad round. Like a really bad day for me is if I shoot 90. Yeah. Right. Where a really bad day for you is you shoot 80. So it's, and 10 shots isn't that much. No, not when you, especially when you think back on it, right? Right. So, so to give people a little context, talk about Shore Acres because you've talked about this, and and I think this might be an element because that was your first round, right? Yeah. And so, I think a lot of people struggle with, not saying you did. We'll get to it, 
but a lot of people, myself included, have struggled with going to a super, super private club. We're talking jackets required at dinner. And ties. Right? And ties. Well, they're wedding buried tie. in the closet. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wore a wedding tie to a wedding last weekend that I didn't end up picking for my wedding. Those are the only ties I have left are the ones we were, you know, sampling for the wedding. But this is a very common thing, sir. It's easy to walk on eggshells. It's easy to let the course be a bit intimidating. So what was the mindset going in? How did you feel upon arrival at Shore Acres? And give people context on how private Shore Acres is in Chicago. Yeah, and so you guys remember, I, I live in Chicago. Shore Acres is number 19 on the top 100 classic golf courses in America. So if you're a classic golf course person, which I think we all are, at least we all is that an actual to. ranking classic golf yeah, course? It's modern and classic, right? Oh. So Augusta, Pine Valley, Cypress Point, you know, make the kind of the top three every year, right? Riviera is in that top 20. Of classic? Uh, yeah. Got it. LA Country Club, it would be, you know, top 20, top 30, maybe mm-hmm. top 10. I But yeah, there's modern and, and classic. So Shore Acres is just a very sought after place <laughs> to play, but it's extremely difficult to get on other than Chicago golf club, which would be is ranked eight on the classic courses in America would be probably harder to get on. It's and, it's and sh- Chicago golf club is like number one in Chicago. Shore Acres is like number two, I guess. Right. Yeah. Okay. You, that's this kind of like that you go back and forth on what, if you ever get a chance to play them, what you like better because they're so difficult. Chicago golf club is even harder to play in Shore Acres. So I was able to get on through my brother, Mike. He's just the best. Love that guy. Got to be nice to him for the rest of the calendar year because uh, he gets out there actually quite a bit through work. So he's very lucky. So he had me out. But yeah, I mean, uh, those insurance about- guys, you know, yeah, you those know. commercial insurance guys. Guys, look up Shore Acres. I mean, it's in Lake Bluff, kind of near Wisconsin. This is the type of topography you don't typically see in Chicagoland golf. Um, we're talking about, you know, long one it's like a it's like a mile drive into the clubhouse you know you're right on the lake there's a lot of ravines you're hitting up and over and around there's high grass big trees so it's just a stunning stunning place and like you know i'd only ever been on the property you know just to go we drove in one time when we were kids so to play this golf course was just like a dream very lucky to do it so yeah i've going into it you know i think for me always when i've got to play courses like this it's just like this is going to be a special day i don't really care what happens i'm there to soak it in i am there to just feel everything right because i may never get this chance again and it's okay if i don't you know just to be here is like a golfer's dream yeah um and the funny thing was ev you know and what i've always heard about shoreakers is this course just plays different like it plays linksy like the greens are always 12, 13. It's extremely firm and fast. It's not a very long golf course. It's pretty generous off the tee for the most part. And you can run it up. You can putt off the greens. It's a Seth Rayner design. These big, big greens that kind of have kind of humps. And, but you, what's really cool, it gives you a ton of options. So that, Ev, I mean, you know, it's like when you, it's a different kind of golf for what you're used to. There's yeah. only a few courses like that that can really play pure. In, at least in Chicago. And you kind of have to aim at the front yardage, regardless of where the flag or, is, right? Or even shorter, is what yeah. I found out. <laughs> the uh, hard way. But yeah, so, and it was like the coolest day of the summer 
was like 68 degrees, which is not cold for Chicago, but it was 90 the day before. And it was 20 to 25 mile power winds. So it was mm-hmm. cloudy, kind of chilly, you know, we're in Q-zips and um, it's windy. Little linksy. Windy. Yeah. So like really like kind of made it even more special. Like, you know, you got your big Scotland trip coming up. If that's what you want and you're there, right? It's just kind of yeah. like, this is why I'm here. But everything I just described, Ev, isn't that the way to go in to golf rounds? Now, I don't play short hickers every day. And neither do you, but you're going in with kind of like a, man, this is just going to be cool. I am like, you're just kind of in awe, right? You're just looking around the whole time, the locker room, the men's grill, the range, the first tee, the property. There's such an aura and it's, you know, you can see a ton of the property from the, like from the, the patio of the clubhouse, you know, there's trees, not like completely bare. Like Chicago golf is, but it's just like, you're just, and there's nobody there, right? You know, you've played some private, private clubs. It's just like <laughs> nobody there. I know. You know it's, it's so crazy. How they work. You know, it's how they operate. Yeah. You know, it's nobody- like the most expensive, <laughs> exclusive places are the most empty. It's just, you know, it's about being a, being a member and that, yeah. whatever that means for anybody. Right. So, you know, so going into the round at having like stepping on the first tee, you know, I think I'm a little unsure of like, how am I going to figure out how to play the golf course, you know, kind of running it up, putting it off the green. But I was just like, I was in a great mood. And it's so easy to be in a great mood when you're at like a special historical place like that. But so oftentimes we play normal golf courses and we're just not in that mood. Oh, good. We're, We're excited to play. Might be pumped, you know, be play with the guys you're with or whatever. And certainly a day out at the golf course, but your senses are not heightened and you're not, you're not really taking it in. Like I was taking it in. So there's something to that. There's probably something to take from this conversation regarding that. Do you think there's an element? Cause I think all of what you said is good. Like you're taking it in, you're noticing the surroundings. Do you think there's a part of it though, that if you go too far, it can get you out of your own routine and and you forget that this is like still a golf course right you, at some point you got to go hit a golf shot and you got to focus right right <laughs> right like it, there's there's some of it that could almost be distracting correct which in in one way we talk about that as a as a productive distraction when you start getting in your swing or getting down or getting in your own way you can use the environment to kind of bring you back but it's interesting if you're too caught in your surroundings and you don't focus on the shot at all, it could also be detrimental. Bad things can happen. So, you know, the first couple holes, you first hole, par five, hit it in two, had to put off the green. It was kind of tentative, three-putted, made made par. Second hole, this is just short acres moment. At 310, 320, dog leg left a little, trouble all along the left, kind of like junk. Mm. Ooh, this Trees is good, are this is good for you. And then, and it's like the ravines, these mountains, right? So if you pull something, you're just losing yardage. And then if you hit a good enough push, it's high grass. But you can take that driver and go right at the greenside bunker, you know, or try to back off. Gave up, gives you just cool options. This is a great little short par four. And I ended up hitting a three wood. 
could have called that. Yeah, and I hit a great easier low for you to draw. Yeah, naturally, without having to think about it. So I hit a great three wood to about seventy five yards out, and I know I'm thinking, okay, we've got to we got to front of the green, got to bounce this up, and it was a seventy five yard shot that felt like a twenty five yard shot. <laughs> I went over the green, you know, just like I hit it, and I laughed. And there was a lot of that at Shore Acres this today that day, like. And it was interesting, like, we really have to understand what the course is giving us, but sometimes we don't believe it. Like, mm. especially first so, timer, right? Yeah, this place is so firm and fast. And did you have a caddy? You're not getting, uh, we, we had, uh, no, we didn't actually, because the kids were just back in school. It was just like, there was only like five. Well, you had, you were playing with a member, obviously, who knew. A member. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it's so interesting why we think we know better sometimes in the golf course, because if you're not, if it's a 75 yard shot downwind and you have an opportunity to bump it up and the greens are running 13s, it's like running like St. Andrews. You, I, I need to be thinking about maybe a nine iron and pitching it and bumping it, but it's like, it didn't really cross my mind. Right. I think sometimes you think, no, if I hit this good enough, I, I, I can do this wasn't the case that day uh, because the, the minute you try to be somewhat aggressive or you don't think you should be a, you know bump landing at 20 yards short i'll just land it to the front edge if you miss it just a little bit that ball will not check that ball will not spin and what happens it just keeps tumbling and tumbling and tumbling there's a couple of those where like i just didn't quite nip it and it just keeps going stop come on stop <laughs> and then Everything, if your acres, again, the greens are big, so it's very fair. Everything just kind of falls off the green in these little collection areas or into these bunkers that are really like like pencil skinny and deep. <laughs> Is it thick rough around the greens or no? No, not really. Okay. okay. There's high grass on some holes off the tee. But um So let's stop for a second. Cause yeah. this is like a classic example that I bet so many of our listeners have gone through where you're starting around things are a bit confusing yeah. whether it's green speed whether it's lines off the tee and your ball ended up in totally different spots than what you expected the fairways look totally different than what it looked like off the tee or into the into the greens right, right. approaches like what you had so you're saying in hindsight i probably should have hit a little chippy 9 iron and let it run up there but guess what that is a tough thing to commit to in the first few holes, a shot that you don't normally play. It's, it's really hard to commit to. Right. So you're now you're like, well, I keep making the same mistakes, but like, do I need to change my game plan? Cause it's hard to commit <laughs> to doing something I never do. So yeah. already I can tell there's a lot of lack of commitment at the start of the round because you're not used to these types of, of conditions and golf course. Yeah. contours and style you'll, you'll laugh the second hole i i went back and forth off the tee with the club when you chose the three wood then i pitched it over the green made bogey third hole another short part four lot to look at and i'm going back and forth with my clubs and i hit like some guidey three wood out there and then the pin was in the back the back edge big green probably 50 yards front to back and what do i do Ev? i put it short of just on the front edge <laughs> you know like because i was 
I was, You're like, I'm not going s- long this time. Well, and, and I hit the shot. Mike, my brother, and Spencer, the members, like, it's okay. You cannot go long because it's literally a fall off into like almost like the junk and then the street. And I had a miracle two putt. Miracle two putt. I was like so proud. It was big swinger up the hill. More times than not, you would actually put it off the green. So I'm one over through three. How many feet like, did you have for your second putt? Oh, it was a gimme foot. Oh, like wow. Just, okay. It was like a 50, you know, 50, 60 footer. I just lagged up there. Like I'm a, you know, just Rory. Bet-Nardi? Bet-Nardi. Rory waving to the crowd. And I get off the green and uh, Mike goes, because it was like the most eventful, stressful first three holes. Mike's like, we got to get you a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is you're only one over. Yeah, right. Um, and what's really great about Shore Acres, too, you hit the halfway house four times on the course, and you also hit the clubhouse at the turn. So, wow, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot of times. And as being there for the first time, I had to be drinking the super beers, they call them. So it's. it's I alcohol it's, content. It's a Tito's drink with Stiegel Rattler. Very good, by the way, but I could not keep up. What is this? Um, a Rattler? What? You ever seen a, a grapefruit Stiegel Rattler? They come in like tall boy cans or orange. There's grapefruit. There's lemon. Uh-huh. So it's kind of a it's kind of a oh like beer. a type of um that's the name of the brand. You mix the beer with the Tito's. Call them the super beers. Oh shit! It's short acres. And like, you know what's funny eight, about this? Eighteen ounce cups, and it's like this is what we do here. <laughs> Man, you know what this reminds me of? First time like, I ever oh. played Riviera. I was with a member, obviously, and the member had at the halfway or one of the snack stands they had, I won't say his last name, but Mr. Blank, we have your um, vodka orange juice ready for you. It's waiting for him. They know he's coming through vodka, orange juice ready at the turn vodka, vitamin water, because he goes, he goes, it's time to hydrate. Yeah. (laughs) It's the turn. And he had that waiting for him. He had like three or four drinks waiting for him. That's first class treatment. All right, keep going. Well, yeah, Shore Acres Riviera, right? We're talking about yeah. the best courses, the best yeah. service, the be- anything you want, you got it. Right. Um, but you know, I guess just just kind of proceed the rest of the front nine. Ab, there was a couple more moments where I hit good drives, and just fucking hit it fifty four degree or over the green, mm. <laughs> and just Running? watch. What's up? Like rolling off? Yeah, just like man, I. Flew it too far, or I maybe didn't quite nip it perfectly. I just, I just could not control the spin. And is that and because you couldn't commit to playing it so short with a wedge? Yeah, I, 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 I think so. I just, I, I could, yeah, I couldn't quite dial in. I, I didn't. The one thing I, yeah, I, I didn't think hard enough about maybe pulling out the nine iron and giving it a try, and just bumping something. Uh, because I was relying on hitting a two, there was too much, not enough margin for error with what I was doing. And just the discipline wasn't there. Have, every time I this happened, because it happened, but three more times on the front nine, <laughs> I'm just, I just laugh and shrug. You know, it's like, you're just kind of like, nah, <laughs> it's a little frustrating. But at the same time, what are you going to do? You know, either you're going to figure it out. Especially because for you. on the back nine. Or Shore Acres is just going to eat your lunch. <laughs> you know? Well, it's probably going to be even more frustrating because you and me share the fact that 
more times than not, if we're in trouble, it's because we're spraying it and not hitting fairways. But if you're hitting fairways, it's probably pretty easy for you to be like, let's go. You know, like you're a good wedge player. Pretty good short iron player. typically. Yeah, pretty good short iron player. So it's like, let's go. So for you to be waste, quote, wasting those opportunities. And I know from knowing you, you really don't like to go long either. Long is no, dead. I've I heard you about, say many times. I talk about that a lot on this show. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's short acres because you're just chipping collection areas, skinny bunkers, and then you're just chipping back down grain. So is Matthew Cermak getting down on himself at this stage of the round? Because no, no, okay. this is the good part. Ev. Okay. No, I'm laughing. I'm shrugging it off and I'm getting up to these tough chips and pitches and kind of just mucking it up on the green with my brother or whatever. And a couple of them I had to hit to 12, 15 feet, made bogey, and I got up and down for one. Mm-hmm. I didn't make any doubles. Du- these are the quickest ways to make doubles on these kinds of courses, and literally you just want to get me Were you trying points. to chip it to 15 feet? A couple of them, like, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. of them. It was kind of my attitude, really, on a couple of them. Like, because what, what do I make this worse? Well, making because the green, from, I assume, making is... Making a double from 90 yards? Oh, I've done it. <laughs> so are, are you saying that, like you see in so many golf courses, you hit it long. The pin is back. The center back, center back, not a lot of ton of room of green to work with. And this green's probably sloping away from you. Yeah. So these are the, I I need to get so much better at these shots. It's extremely tight lie. You got to go up a little bit, Mm. right? You know, when you got to go up and get over a hump and then try to stop it. Yep. Very tough shot in golf. Very tough. tough, Yeah. Like, Oh, cause Pretty easy so to make easy, double there. So easy to just get too cute because you're like, leave it short, rolls back, try and get right. cute. Do I? I think I did putt one of them too. I was doing a mix of putting and, and pitching. But Ev, I mean, look, I mean, I think, you know, I'm laughing at this great day at Shore Acres. Actually, kind of kept me in a de- decent mood around the greens where it's just like, all right, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was able to at least hit some solid chips, whether you make the 12 or 15 footer. But I, I made one of those and I missed two or three, you know? Um, yeah. And because the greens are so pure. Um, so I ended up shooting 39 on the front. And for feeling kind of awkward on the first couple of holes, I was like, man, like, that, was a, that was a high 39, you know? Like, I was just like, man, I was in the fairway a lot. <laughs> you know? I, was just, yeah. I wasn't hitting that. I wasn't hitting low hooks around the trees or the heather or I wasn't down in the ravines. Um, so, you know, get to the back nine. Were you kind of like, what just happened? Kind of, yeah. you know, it kind of was like, but that's short. I was like, kind of thinking to myself, that's short acres. Yeah. When we get to the 10th hole. Oh my God. What a great hole. I mean, they call it amen corner out there for, from 10 to 15. They extended a couple more holes. It's this 410 dog leg, right. And this ravine drop off all along the right. Okay. And Spencer, the member goes, it's, and fairly wide enough. He goes, got to go at the left water tower, which is kind of like near the left rough. Left water tower, you got to miss left. What do I do? Put it in the ravine. Left? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Pushed it a little bit. It's like, that's frustrating, especially when a member's like, you know, you just got to be there. And what do you do? And then him and Mike are like, oh, God, you don't want to be down there. <laughs> you know, and it's a ball you can find. Um, but I, I mean, I hit the drive pretty solid, but I just pushed it. It kicked right. And now I'm in a situation where you're like 190 yards 
you can't see the green, right? Coming up out of the ravine, there's a huge bunker in front, bunker behind it. Not great, right? I ripped a five iron, but I put it in the front bunker. And then I'm like coming up near the lip. Again, pretty solid drive, but I pushed it. Really solid second shot, but where could I go? And then I hit this really cool bunker shot straight up, just lands a foot too far and keeps rolling and rolling and goes into one of those skinny bunkers behind the green. So like, it's kind of like, this is all playing out in your head. Like, man, I've really hit a bunch of good shots, but I'm really making a mess out of this hole. Mm-hmm. And then I actually hit a great bunker shot to five feet mid putt for both. But you see this round av, like, and it's like, at this point, I could be really, really frustrated, but I wasn't. And I think it's because of Shore Acres and how great this group was, how great this place is, how much I respect the design of the doctors. All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear from a brand new sponsor. This is a sponsor that is no joke. One of the biggest sponsors we've ever had, and I'm so pumped for this partnership because not only is it going to make your guys' life happier, healthier, just better overall, but they're going to help us do a lot of cool content. We're going to get a lot of great interviews, potentially some uh, video, get their CEO on the show. There's a lot of good stuff planned. And this partner, I'll stop beating around the bush, is Whoop. Okay, you've probably seen Justin Thomas wearing a whoop, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, Patrick Mahomes. The list goes on and on. I'm blown away by it. I've been testing it for a couple months leading into this partnership just to make sure that I loved it as much as I thought I would. And now, honestly, guys, I can't imagine living without it. I wake up and it sounds dorky, but I get so excited now to see my sleep stats. Apparently, restorative sleep is the most important of all the sleep. And you think you went to bed at 10 and woke up at 6 and got 8 hours, but WHOOP factors in your wake events, meaning you don't realize you're waking up or moving in the middle of the night, and that takes that out. So I might have thought I got 8 hours, but actually I got 7 hours and 5 minutes. It's fascinating to be able to track this over time and understand what stuff will help me feel like my best. And the one thing I love about the whoop is it makes me feel like I'm getting a much better workout than I thought I did when I go to the driving range and when I go walk 18 holes. The strain is crazy. We're going to get into this throughout the next few months to help you guys understand how this works and the things that Serm and I and even Brett, our editor, is learning since having a whoop. So go to join.whoop.com slash partrain. I I got you guys the best deal that they offer. I got you a free month trial with the whoop included zero bucks so they will ship you the whoop band and you can try this for one month risk-free send it back if you don't like it but i guarantee you once you have it on you're gonna absolutely love it i feel so much smarter about my own health and what i need so join.whoop.com slash partrain and hop aboard that whoop train all right let's get back to the show I've always been really fascinated about how when you get to a bucket list place or you're in a member guest or basically something that matters a little bit more to you than just an everyday weekend round, it's it's very common to hear things like you just described, which is you can't go here, <laughs> right? And it's I've always wondered, is there a better way for people to talk about that? Or is there a better way for me to receive that information and what I say to myself from there? 
because it's so easy. I've experienced this so many times in member guests with a very difficult course, as you know, with Meadowbrook, like there's very specific places you just can't be. And they're really not that far off, by the way, just with well, certain how clubs. You, how would you want to be communicated to if you're playing with a member who knows the golf course? Hey, man, you, you want to be you want to you want to hang on a lean left here. Right's no good. Yeah. Right? And you want to know, like, what does no good mean? Like, is that OB? Is that high grass where I could lose a ball? Is that just a bad angle? Because you so know what's you, funny? You, you, you want all the details. Yeah. Because what's funny is Ryan, our mutual best buddy, will say right is dead. But he means sometimes it's a terrible angle. The, the pin's over there. There's bunkers over there. So you have no shot. But that just means you have no shot to get close. You right. could go long on the other side of the green. But sometimes... I think just for my own understanding my line with my dispersion, I do want the information, but yeah. sometimes I sense that in bucket list places and important rounds, when we hear right is dead or you can't go right, we can easily take that on and take that into our swing of saying, don't go right, which obviously creates tension. So was there any of that or what do you attribute the miss to when you were told don't go right? I guess for me, I've like sometimes in those situations, I don't want to go left. Yeah. Like, right. When it's like that actually is the miss, a pool is a miss. But, you know, sometimes I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't want to hook it, you know? Right. And that's when for me, you kind of really got to step back and really get into your target and, and really just try to hit my cut. You know, that's aiming, so interesting. That's what Parker told me. Parker said he stopped missing it way right when he stopped becoming scared of left. Yeah, I love that. I love that on the on the episode you just did with him. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to eliminate. You can, you're right. You eliminate one first. You can figure it out. But you isn't can't. that interesting, though? We should really unpack that because they told you stay left. Left is okay. But I think we all get into this place. It sounds like we all have that miss we don't want to do. Like if I hit a a little bit more of a fade, whatever, but I hate the high right block slice. Hate it. Right. Because I struggled with it for so long. So for me, if I come over the top a little bit, I'm actually okay with missing it left because I've struggled with right for so long. So isn't it funny how so often we just battle the shot that creates the biggest emotional response when in that moment you missing it left and hooking it would have been actually better than where you went. Right. But you and didn't think, want to hook it because you hate that miss. Right. And for me, I just struggle off the tee with trying to hit a straight shot. I have to feel like I'm hitting a soft cut. Right. So the same way. What happened for me there was I can actually remember this. Okay. I can see this water tower that's out left. What I should have done is step back. All right. I'm hitting a cut. I'm finding a target a little left of the water tower and hitting a cut. Instead, I just kind of thought about hitting my cut off the feral, you know, the, the, a little more aggressive line. But it felt normal to me. I didn't think about, wait a minute, he's right, obviously, but he doesn't understand my game, which he shouldn't. You need to not just think about, oh, just aim left. No, you need to pick a new target and hit your cut. Right. So that's, that's me. 
you know, that's, but this is a great example of when you're at a place like this, even, and people struggle with caddies too, because caddies will tell you something and then you almost go on autopilot because you're relying so much on the other person that you get out of your target, your line, your routine. It's really easy to get out of your routine. I think at, at high end private clubs or with caddies yeah. or whoever, you know, we didn't have caddies, but I, I typically, when you have caddies and if they're pretty good, you want to, I always like to say like, Hey, like, where do I got to miss it here? Right. You know, and then go from there right. because you know, I learned too. I've not, we're not going to get divert this too much, but this ties back to my game and maybe some of you guys off the tee. I played in a bunch of scrambles recently too, like three in one week, you know, you're playing really short tees and these scrambles. So these, Courses you play, these part fours get really short, and you're in a scramble, you're hitting driver all day. So you're cutting corners, right? You're playing these golf holes like they're not typically meant to be played. But what I found for me, Ab, I can't just like, uh, I'm going left over the trees. You, that is general, the general line and just hitting it straight. I can't do it. I've got to still feel my cut. You know, I just feel my shape even over the cut corner. What does a cut feel like to you? Are you holding off or is it all set up? It feels, yeah, it feels like the club face is square, you know, maybe a a touch like the, the, the glove, the emblem of my glove is leading a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I'm still firing, you know? So, but I'm setting up, but the the setup's very, very, very like, I'm not, I'm not setting up way open or anything, but it's just everything kind of leaning that. Right. And I'm picking it. I'm picking a target five to six yards left of where I want to end up. Yeah. Jake I don't Thurm. Do that, I don't do that. Just trying to go cut a corner and be aggressive. I realized, well, I do the opposite. Come over the top. Yeah. Jake Thurm, PJ Tour coach, who we've had on the show and who I've worked with, told me something surprising when I saw him in Chicago. He said cutters actually have to release it harder, drawers are actually holding it off. Which goes a little bit opposite of well, what most people feel, think. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think what he's trying to get at is like when you're hitting your if you're a cutter like me and you're hitting it well, you feel like you can swing that club as hard left as possible and it doesn't go left. That's what he kind of means, and and that is really a great feeling. Like you feel like you're making a, this hard rip at it, but it's feeling a little more square as opposed to. I mean, I, I draw. I don't even. I don't want to. I don't try to hit draws with the driver. I just don't. Yeah. I can do it with other clubs, but. So, yeah, so, like, it is interesting. I think that that's a good conversation. It's like, people are always going to give you advice out there, but you've got to figure out what's right for you. Someone's going to tell you where to go, and they're correct. But, like, how you get there, how you plan to get there is different than how I'm going to plan. Was there any part of you that felt like you were falling behind the group? Or, like, you kind of wanted to, like, keep up with the group? Or it was just, like, I'm just hitting shots, and it's bad bounce, and... I'm yeah, not I mean, committing and yeah, I mean, we were playing a team game too. Right. So it was Mike and I were playing off each other as a scratch. And then the guys we were with were eight, an eight, a seven and a 10. So we had like these kind of good matches. Sometimes that's good too, Ev, right. Kind of a good distraction. We were even I actually missed a birdie putt on nine to take the front. So we were having fun. We, we, we pushed on the front nine. I know that's probably an area for you that you struggle with a little bit. If you haven't played well, I think I've, I've felt that at times. Probably there's probably been times if I was playing maybe with my brother and one of another really good player, but it it wasn't that because the good news is that 
ended up shooting 37 on the bat, put together a 76, really ripped some drives on the last couple holes. And this is that then it also doesn't mean I didn't <laughs> I missed two greens long with some short irons, but I got up and down. But I really think what actually so I was actually proud of the 76 because it was a windy day. It was tough. These shots are gonna happen too, as much as we were like getting down on 80 yards away and hitting it over the green can happen on a 20 mile per hour day wind, you know, and a very firm and fast golf course. But the back nine is so beautiful. And you just like, I was, it's almost like, you're just like walking on, just walking on air, taking it all in and hit some really solid shots. And, you know, the golf course, the company really brought out, you know, a great attitude in me. And, uh, you know, four super beers later, you know, as, as uh, Parker would say, you know, you get two tequilas in you, you're a new guy, right? Sometimes it's true too, right? <laughs> it's just, He's like, we want to train the guy not to have the two tequilas or the four super beers. You know, there's also a comfort level when sometimes you get to the back nine, right? You kind of, all right, I, I think I understand this course 14 holes later. It's like, right. Part of so do you feel like you com- it was easier to commit on the back nine? A little because bit, yeah. You, yeah. Because what you described on the front is like non-committal. Like it's just confusion. Do I play my normal shots? I mean, this is very common when you go to links because it's like, do I play my normal shot? Like I had a stock shot in the middle of the fairway and I'm like, right. is it okay that I'm going to hit a wedge here? Or like, do I need to choke down on something and hit something low? Right. Like it's, it's actually kind of a 100%. hard, hard thing to understand and commit to. Hopefully I'll gain an understanding of what to do when I'm in Scotland, but it is, I've struggled with that at Bandon, Sand Valley overseas. It's a tough thing to learn how to do. And you don't have the luxury of like being on a trip. This was your one round. Yeah. So and, you don't have a ton of time to get comfortable and understand what the course requires. You know, but as I look back, I had time to warm up and I did not practice any of those kind of nine iron or back in the stance wedges. Like I could have. Yeah. I could have. Now, again, this is not a sob story episode, but if we're, at the end of the day, we're looking for reasons why maybe we didn't think the way we did. I had time to warm up and I knew what this golf course was going to bring. Cause I'd heard so much about it. Right. You could see, but I was just, you know, didn't. So that's me. You know, we talk about the range a lot, good, bad, and different, but if I would have got a little familiar thinking, really thinking about what I'm going to have to be doing today could have helped, you know, Cause there's nothing worse than tr- having to try to bring out a shot. You haven't done in a long time. Right. Well, it is tough. It's tough to yeah. f- like really reflect and think about, all right, what do I need to do here when you're getting new information from the member every shot, right? You don't want to slow people down. So right. I Not think yet. this is a great, this is a great story for everybody to remember. Like, there's not only going to be like some nerves and like the walking on eggshells part of being at a really exclusive, cool place or just bucketless place. It's also really easy to get out of your routine because you're kind of just being, you're trying to be the good guest. You take their advice and you go. Yeah. It's easy to forget a, what, what I need. It's a really good point, Evan. I also think it's easy to, in these situations, you get caught up in what the other people are hitting. Like, oh, driver, just do it. Right. Fuck it. You know, and it's like, yeah, you don't want to like be the guy to like, yeah, that's a hundred percent a good point. But this point about, I'm pretty good at not falling into these traps. I think, and maybe that's because 
I've had ups and downs with my drivers and I've had to think creatively over the years where I'm playing with my brother, Mike, he just rips driver and like, man, he's so good at it. But it's like when you're playing, you're playing with somebody or whatever, you've got to stick to your game. And you Is know, Mike, the only brother I haven't met. Yes. Yeah. In person. Yeah. I did a good job of really kind of sticking to what I had to do. You know, and speaking of Mike, the great guest, the last hole, par five matches uh, one up. We're one up. We both rip drives down the fairway. It's a 540 par five into the wind. We both hit kind of these hard layups to about 50 yards away, front pin. He, he pitches it. We're literally a one foot from each other in the fairway. Okay, so it's like, I'm one up. My team's one up. Here we go. Here we go. Mike puts it to two feet. Like, are you, you, I'm effort, right? I get right up there. I nip it. One bounce goes in the hole, comes out. Okay. Comes oh. out. Crowd's going nuts. But I'm, I'm seven feet away. Bury the putt. Bury the putt to win one. Wow. So, Don't even require your partner to put in the tap in. That's money. No, no, no. Mike's not my partner. Oh, you're on different teams. Yeah, because remember, Mike's with the uh, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets his birdie secured. I I have to bury have to the make seven it. footer to win the match. But, you know, it's one of those rounds where this is the learning for me. If you just keep enjoying yourself, and again, uh, an environment like that, one of the most special places in the world can bring it out on you, good things can happen. What do you think, Gab? I think we took a lot of learnings from getting out of your routine, the discomfort of playing a very cool place, putting it on a pedestal, having to remind yourself that it's just a golf course, just grass and sand and water, whatever. But also, it's really easy to get out of your routine. I think yeah. you did a good job of you didn't you didn't hit the panic button. Now, some people might be listening and be like, why would he hit the panic button? He was like three over. Right. But I think you got to understand at Cermax level hitting it long all day with a wedge could have easily hit the panic button for you. Whereas someone like me, a seven would might be hitting the panic button with like topping a drive or keep hitting it way right and losing balls or right. making big numbers. But you did a good job of staying you really used a lot of gratitude as cliche as it sounds. Yeah. You kind of rooted in gratitude all day yeah. and you kind of seemed like you engaged in the group. The team game helped. You had a teammate yeah. that wasn't as good as you. And it seemed like you kind of, yeah, we, it was a great guy. In the team. First time I met him, we were just having a really good time. And he was, he was struggling the first seven, eight holes, but like, and kind of he played before. About, what's up. Was he a member? No, he, it was the other guy who was a member. So my guy wasn't, my partner wasn't. Oh, okay. So that's an but, even better example. But he had never, you know, so he was in awe of the place like me, but struggling. But yeah, we talk about it sometimes, uh, but we were vibing, right? Like, and just finding a way to, to stay in it because it was just a tough day. Like <laughs> the wind was tough and the other guys weren't exactly, you know, playing pretty golf. I mean, but some days you think it's just not going to be your day and maybe it won't, but that's a, that was a round where it was, looked like it was going to go off the rails in its own way, but it actually got a lot better. And I think my, I think my attitude really helped. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And one of our favorite sponsors created a product that I know so many of you guys have got 
but I want to plug it again because there are still some sizes left. The Par Train Glove with Red Rooster, it's at redroostergolf.com slash partrain. I've been getting so many messages about this is the softest glove, this is the most comfortable glove, this is the coolest glove that I've ever had. I love getting those messages. And there are some sizes left. We've got the Par Train logo in green with a little enjoy the ride above my thumb, trying to hitchhike on those tracks because we wanted this glove to be designed in a way that it reminds you to enjoy the ride while you're playing. Everything that we make and we sell, we do it to try and keep you on track. It's not just a a utility of a good glove. Yes, it's that. It's not just looks good because it's a cool green on white design. Yes, it's also that. But it's a mental tool. It's something you can look down at. Cermak used to tell me he used to write stuff on his glove. This glove, you... It has the message on it. Enjoy the ride, and it's going to keep you on track. So, redroostergolf.com slash partrain, and use the code TRAIN for 20% off. Redroostergolf.com slash partrain. Use the code TRAIN for 20% off. All right, let's get back to the show. I was proud of that 76. I mean, I think you're probably, I know we got a little while left here with this episode. You probably want to talk about this 80 that I shot, though. Yeah, I, I'm excited to get to the 80 because it's very rare that I hear an eight at the beginning. Well, I of shot 80. Yeah, I shot 80 on an 80 degree day with no, with barely any wind. This is so funny. This happens <laughs> a lot with you, where you've got a day, but that, but we've talked about this, term. You're a grinder, so sometimes you, it seems like you need either higher stakes or conditions to really make you focus, commit, and have a plan. Whereas the eight, yeah. 80 degree day, that's a little bit calmer. And it's easy. With, f- I'm playing with a couple of, they're not clients, but they're industry people. Very mm-hmm. nice. Had me out. I never played with them. Don't kind of know them playing with them. And then some random guy was paired up with us, but in a private course, it's so funny. This game is so funny and frustrating. Now. Maddie country club over here. I come. Yeah. So cool guys. Um, <laughs> I'm just the man, but uh, rolling green country club never played there. Always heard about how tight it is, how small and small and undulating the greens are. Tons of trees. Never played there, but yeah, new course. Heard about it. Let's play it. And I'm and I was feeling actually good at you know those last five holes at Shore Acres have because that was two days before. I was at Shore Acres Wednesday night, and I get a text. Hey, you want to play Friday morning with Rolling Green? Sure, I'm in. I'm going into this round. I'm gonna play well. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I don't, I've heard about this course is a little tricky, but I had a great warm up session. Got there early, you know me. Mm-hmm. Checked in, hanging in the locker room, getting some snacks. And define a good warm up session. Just like had time, didn't need to rush. I, I had plenty of time to go through for me to go through my bag, and you know, balls coming off the club face, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, feeling good. Yeah. And then I got to putt a little bit, and oh my god, the greens were just as fast as short acres. A whole. God, on the putting green. And I'm looking at this course, and it reminds me more of like a really traditional Chicago golf course. Strikers is not so much in that sense. Mm-hmm. Traditional Chicago golf is tree line, tight fairways, dog legs, small greens that are well bunkered. At Shore Acres, you can run the ball up on these firm and fast conditions. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, we got firm and fast conditions here, and you cannot run the ball up. And there's, and the fairways are like bowling alleys. <laughs> But F, I had the best warm of my life. No, not the best warm of my life, but I felt good. But I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be actually a challenging day. Let's see what it, let's see what can happen. 
And it's so funny. Do you believe in the golf gods, Ev? Do you believe that there's a spiritual divine? Like that some days the golf gods have it for you and sometimes they have it out for you? I think so. I think, I think they were supporting my attitude at Shore Acres and helped me finish strong. And they absolutely punished me at Bill Ingram. They said, how dare you think that you have this game figured out? We're going to bring Matt Cermak down to earth and we're going to, we're going to have Matt Cermak <laughs> taste what an eight in front of his score tastes like, because it's been rare that we've seen that. And it's about time to bring him down to earth. Let's teach him some humility and humble. The first hole is a par four and nothing odd about it. And I make a terribly tentative swing and flare it right. Hits a willow tree, kicks back in the fairway. Great break. First, Mem- did anyone yell members bounce? Members bounce. The classic. Someone said it. Classic. Didn't make a good second shot swing, but it rolled up onto the green. I made par. Greens are lightning speed. Now, what was the tentative swing on one? Just because it was the start of the day? Maybe. I don't yeah. know, actually. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Just didn't quite get the target figured out and backed up and just pulled out of it. You know? Didn't have a plan. Didn't have your clear didn't plan. Have- didn't have a clear plan. It was maybe just a little too caught up in the moment. And then the second hole is quite an interesting theme for the rest of the day. A lot of three woods, a lot of hybrids off these tees. Some drivers, it's a mix. Extremely tight. Fairway bunkers everywhere. It's a goofy golf course. And I hit this great three wood cut off the bunker, but I'm in the rough. Not a great lie. I got a 54 in my hand. Our pitching wedge. Pins in the front, five yards on, on the green. There's a bunker right in front of the pin, and then it's a two-tiered green that runs away. 54 is, is not a t- pitching wedge. This is, a, this is a tough shot, right? 54 so, is not your pitching wedge. No, excuse me, 48. 48. Okay, got it. Like, this is a tough shot. I've got to go over this bunker from a bad lie. This green is two-tiered, runs away. Like, how am I going to stop this? And then I put in the bunker. What do you do? You know, I'm mm-hmm. afraid of going long. This was the worst sound ever, Ev, and I should have backed off. And this was just, this is where the golfing guys sent me into the oblivion. <laughs> I'm on the third hole here. I'm having fun with this. This is good. Because okay. the second hole, I was in two on a par five and made bogey, by the way. I was just screwing around with chipping. But whatever. Third hole, great string off the tee. Smart miss on the second shot. I'm in the bunker. So, so this is a 15-yard bunker shot. Tough bunker shot. Because the greens are diabolical. What club I'm you dig- have? My 58. Okay. I'm digging in. And I just hear click, click, click rocks. Oh, no. On the feet. And I kind of did one of these. I was over the ball. And then I kind of like kind of stood up a little bit. But then went back and hit it. And what happened? Sculled it over the green. And there's, you know, when you're playing with a member too, you don't want to be like, God, this thing sucks. <laughs> right. Like, right. Like you're, but you're just like, oh, my God. Right. Scolded over the green, had it a possible chip, made double. Isn't it amazing how precise we are? When we want to avoid something, we avoid it. You don't want to so, hit those rocks, so you hit it thin. My I, I, my feet just digging into no sand. It's pretty amazing it's just, how precise we like, can be. Why didn't I just back off? Now I've got a situation. That's an anyway. Why, why did I just back off, dig back into no sand, completely different practice swings start getting steep and try to just get as much sand as possible to put it somewhere on the green. Mm-hmm. But I was like, Oh, 
I'm going to do this. And I freaking, it was like, you know, it was like the easiest skull of your life, right? It falls went boom. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you're, you know, you're playing with guys, you know, that you're a good player. Like, whoa, what the, probably like they're thinking like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. So I go. You probably yeah, made so them I, feel better, honestly. Because I think a lot of people don't think a scratch does that, but oh, they do. It happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. But again, why didn't I back off? So I'm three over after three. <laughs> Next hole is like just a similar story. Just missed the fairway. Can't hold the green. Bogey. You know, you're at four over after four. <laughs> you know, and which again like, yeah. doesn't sound that bad to everybody. But when you normally when normally four over for your entire round isn't a good day, plus four after four is for scratch. It's a pretty rough start. Yeah, I mean, it's just not where you want to be, right? Yeah. So, but Ev, you know, in my, you know, you're playing with people, you're really nice guys, you're enjoying the day. You don't ever want to bring, you know, in your mind, you're frustrated, but it's not worth it. None of that's worth it. I'm already a little annoyed with the course. I'm like, okay, but I'm just kind of like next shot, next shot. You know, and that's what I tried to do. And there were some really, really good swings. And then there was just those non-committal swings, those shots you get frustrated with. And you think you're owed something where I'm like, it's like I was just missing the fairway all day and I'm behind a tree or I'm in the bunker. And it's a tight golf course. And there's big dog legs. And just pulling a a three-wood or a hybrid, now I'm screwed. And I'm just letting it get to me. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm letting it, you're letting it get to you. You try to get rid of that onto the next swing. What is the dialogue? What's the personal judgment or the, the words or the thoughts you're saying to yourself then? This course sucks. Okay. And you've got to, this course sucks. And you've got to really challenge yourself to be patient on the back nine. <laughs> this is really not a great, it's like, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't like this. I know there's going to be, and then and the guys are saying back nine's tougher when like, again, it's not a long course, but it's just, it's, I don't know how greens could be so fast and so firm, but you can't bounce it up. Right. Yeah. So if you're missing fairways, which is easy to do at this place, you're coming out of the rough. You cannot stop the golf ball because the greens are so small. Right. <laughs> For sure. Acres are big. Right. Is there a part of you that, is getting more frustrated because you're in more of a work setting. Whereas like uh, the other setting is your brother and, and two guys that he's friends with. Well, right. I think like in your mind, you're kind of like, man, that was like the most fun. And not, this is not fun. It's just, it's, it's, like such a, it's, 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 it's different from, especially from a 36 hour period, right. From Wednesday to Friday. But, you know, I'm still trying to pick the right clubs off the tee and I'm still trying to stay disciplined three woods and hybrids and greens are really fast. And then, you know, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't get out of my own way, I guess. Right. Or I just couldn't get the break I needed. So much of golf Ev, is, you know, you got to get good breaks. I got that great break on the first ball, but you need a bounce off. You need a kick off a bunker into the fairway. You need a kick. You know, sometimes you need a big bounce in front of the green and your second shot to get onto the green, which is a 20 foot putt versus a, you know, 15 yard uphill pitch so it just you kind know? of felt like all the bounces then, were going the wrong way other than the first to, hole we get to this par three like five i'm like six over for the day it was like the 14th hole over water 155 greens 
you can tell it's sloping left to right and the pin is very close to the edge from center right. I made this beautiful swing. Eight iron, soft cut, 15 feet below the pin, get up there. And these guys that are putting before me, the ball's going past the hole and I'm coming back. Past the hole, like, it's just like, Oh God. So I've got this uphill putt left to right. And I the people in your group, it kept coming back to them. Yeah. Like this is just like, kind of like, just kind of like a mini golf hole position, like on a mound, but, but it is what it is. Like it's, and I have this uphill putt where I'm supposed to be and I just miss it. Burns the edge short goes down 20 feet away. <laughs> and, and I don't think it would bother me so much if I wasn't so scarred from the front nine with some of my bad decisions, some of the breaks I got. So I three-putted there. And and then on the 17th hole, I'll share this at par five. I rip a drive over the, tr- cut over the trees. Thought I cut the corner, ends up in a fairway bunker. And I got a tree issue. And I hit this great, great foreign into, into the greenside bunker. Ev, I dig in. What do I hear? Rocks. Click, click, click. So what do I do? I back off. Yeah, this is like a 20-yard bunker shot. Did you think about the last time? And you're like, I got to back off? So then I try to get really steep, and I just like chunk it out to like 35 feet. I (laughs) three-putt. Right. So I hit this great drive, I think, but it's in the just in the fairway bunker. And then I hit this awesome second shot. It just rolls into the bunker. And I make six. And but it was that lag putt. I was just already so mad. It's not a way to be. This game will do that to you. And I was certainly not laughing off the breaks, the bad breaks or the bad moments like I was at Shore Acres, because I just certainly wasn't as excited as, as about the course or the day or the moment. Yeah. Well, you and know what this, look, you know, what- that's human enough, but we got to work harder at that sometimes. And look, some days are just, I mean, I think if I went and played again that afternoon, I could have shot great. It was like, you hit a lot of good shots. You made a couple of dumb decisions. You shot 80, chalk it up, but yeah, a lot of bad breaks, but you know what this makes me think of, sir? You've told me, I think we did a podcast in the last couple months. I think it was the one where we broke down your 71, maybe a 70 and a 71. One was in, or maybe it was 70 to 73. Yeah. And one was like really tough conditions and the other wasn't. And you said something to yourself. You said, you know, you're just going to have to work a little bit harder today to get back to neutral, to do what's normally comes easy is going to be a little bit harder today. The difference between that round and this round is the first round at Shore Acres was easier to kind of shrug off, smile, laugh it off because of where you were. Those rounds are rare. Yeah. Right. So in this case, this is a great lesson for everybody listening that if the goal is to stop feeling the pain, if the goal is to laugh, if the goal is to enjoy and all you're doing is not enjoying, it makes it worse because you're not accepting where you're at. You're wanting to be in a different place, a different headspace. And so for you, you seem to play your best when you kind of whip yourself in the butt and you say, it's just going to be a tough day. This isn't my favorite course. Would I come back here and play? Maybe not. So let's treat this as a new challenge. Like instead of me expecting to play well today or to enjoy myself today, 
why don't I try and see how I can battle through the rest of the day and treat yeah. it like a challenge, right? Like golf gods, you want to throw everything at me? You want to give me all the bad bounces? You got to do what Jordan does. Jordan would create a new challenge anytime something new arises. And that's a totally different offensive feeling than, which by the way, this is not easy to do. Like, I know what it feels like to just feel like you want to walk off the course. And I'm not saying you were at that point, but. Oh yeah, no. But, you know, that that is a different place to be than, come on, man. Like, just laugh it off. Have fun. That might make you feel worse. Yeah. No, that's a good point, Ev. How we, now I think we what we have to realize is every day is different. Every round is different. Every course is different. Every environment is different. And you have to treat it that way. I mean, I think we know about the things we want to lean on, whether it's in our swing, our approach, all those things. There's things that are shape our identity and our golf games and our personalities. But what was thrown at me on that Wednesday at Trakers was so different that was thrown at me on Friday at Rolling Green. And you've got to be able to adapt to that, right? You know, and it's all getting back to neutral at the end of the day. Yeah. It's all getting back to neutral. Because if I'm hitting a great shot and then I think I've got a tricked up putt and then, okay, I laugh it off. I shrug that off. And then I hit a really good shot and I have a pretty straight putt and I miss it. And I'm so mad. I'm already, I'm already scarred from past putts, you know, you, right. you, you know, so we've always got to find a way to, to treat every, but that's, that's a great every point. Shot, that's... Every, every hole, just like its own moment. And that's, what's so difficult about golf because you're thinking about, you or me are thinking about our mechanics or hitting it left or right on hole six when you get to hole seven. When it's like, there's nothing to do. What does hole six have to do with hole seven? They're right. completely different. And what does Shore Acres have to do with rolling green? Right. Right. And what does you your know? 71 have to do with your 80 from previous now, weeks? You know, we do this show to pick out themes and patterns and connections. But isn't that the hardest thing? I feel like the hardest thing is to not be constantly comparing your current self to a better self. Yeah. That is it, Ev. Yeah. Right, because so I walk out of this city and we can kind of wrap this episode up. I mean, you know, you got a few thoughts left here. Um, I'm questioning a lot. I'm like, I'm like, wow, God, I hit a lot. I hit a lot of iron shots off the heel. Confusion the, isn't the best the place right. to be. There's a couple of chips I just... Completely picked the wrong sh wrong shot. And you're like, well, you, you're doubting. You're doubting. Just a lot of doubt, you know. And like, so the question is, what do you do after? Do you, you go to the range? Do you go get a lesson? Start watching YouTube. You do it. <laughs> I mean, you probably got to do a little bit of a mix, right? You got to go practice. You got to maybe maybe get yourself a lesson, but you can't just try to reconstruct it all. You just think about where your mind was. And to me, I bet you I could have shot seventy seven. If I could have been a little more Shore Acres gratitude, grateful, like on a few holes out. Yeah. It wasn't my day. I was not the golf. It wasn't my day to shoot 73 or 72. It just wasn't. Mm -hmm. For me, what I was always taught was, okay, shot 80. Why didn't you not, 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 you know, why didn't you have your best stuff? It's like, where's the two strokes? Where's the, th where's the two or three strokes? Where are they? Don't look at, you don't need to look at every hole. And every bad swing, and, and usually two or three strokes are around decision making or an attitude, and what came from that. 
You know what else is really interesting? You, and that, that's so that's what I take from all this. And yeah. because you're just going to have those days, it's how you deal with it. Sometimes it's better than the others. <laughs> I think we covered so many good themes in the first round. I think to me, what sums up here is what we said first, which is so hard not to compare your, your current self versus a better self. And two, it's also a really tough balance between asking why something happened and making adjustments and reflecting and learning versus asking why making compensations and fixes, right? Like it's, that's a very tough balance because like we've talked about so many times, you can't get better without reflection. Like Rick Sessinghouse, who I'm going to see tomorrow for a swing lesson, Lord Jesus, Muhammad, Moses, please. Well, this guy is going to be lots of content documentation. On this. Yeah, please. Turning point, Rick, Turning point forever. Um, please, Rick, help me out. Okay, but beyond that, Rick always told us, if you lean into curiosity over judgment, you can ask, why did I hit that fat? Was I not committed? Did I not realize that the lie was thicker than it was? Was it the wrong club? Am I learning about the conditions? So then the next time you get a shot like that, you can make an adjustment based on the reflection you made. But if you're making compensations based on the miss you made, that usually, correct me if I'm wrong, sir, usually leads to mechanical compensations. Yeah. I think that's where you can get into trouble, which is very easy to do. Well, this is what I... I want to go, I want to end on this. I'm going to go back to a hole at Rolling Green. This is actually the moment that frustrated me the most Mm. Friday night when I'm at home, you know, you know, you got to hang out with your girlfriend, fiance, wife, and you're going to start staring off outside on the balcony. Yes. (laughs) You okay? Do you know how many nights, (laughs) do you know how many nights I do this? It's all I think about, but go ahead. On the fifth hole of the round is a par five birdie dip. Bound to drive, bound to second shot, chipped it, to, chipped it to a foot. First great moment of the day, four over after five. The next hole is a very short par, 140 yards. Over the bunker, front left pin, pretty straightforward hole. Front left pin, okay? Bunker's kind of right. What did I do? I clanked it off the heel into the bunker. Just made a terrible swing. And it hit a decent bunker shot. And I bet but- you said to yourself, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a classic line. After a birdie, I'm just like, "What the hell is this?" Right. So it's a nine iron, and it's a short par three, and I put in the bunker, and I don't get up and down and make a bogey. That shot pissed me off the most because I get a birdie, I'm gonna get some momentum here, and then I just totally have a mental breakdown over a very short iron. So at home, Ev, you know what I was thinking about? First, what I was thinking about, guys, you're just having a hard time staying in your posture, swinging around your head, keep keeping your head down. You are just, you know, just coming up, you know, humping the fire hydrant, right? Like Mm -hmm. you just can't stay in the golf shot these last two rounds. It's like, yeah, that's maybe true. So I'm like working on kind of doing some drills with my head down, letting the club pass through. It's like, yeah, that's, that's probably the result of it. But what's really true is I was scared of going left. I should have just with a nine. Yeah. I mean, it was, there was, there was very little, there was no, no green left. It was a short front pin. Got it. So I mean, it wasn't the easiest shot in the world, but it wasn't, it was the hardest shot. But what I should have done was like, okay, I'm a little scared of the, of missing it left right now. Just aim 20 feet right at the pin. Right. But I came off the birdie 
and I felt the momentum and I wanted to put, stick something in there. Yeah, you wanted to keep it going. Then I made it just the worst swing. But it's because I didn't want to go left. I didn't really have a plan besides hitting it close. Yep. And I hit it far away. Isn't From it so point. funny? What, what did we just say before? That hole has nothing to do with this hole. That right. shot is not. And look what. And this happens after good ones too. This is such a good example. Because yeah. like, what does that birdie have to do with that next par three? Nothing, right? Nothing. I, and I try to project that on this show. It, nothing. But I thought it did because I got off to the worst start and, <laughs> and I just made a great, easy birdie. And I'm going to kick this thing back into gear. And I did the exact opposite. And it's so easy to think, boy, what is going on with your short arms? What is going on with your swing? When it's really, what is going on with your mind, your attachment? the previous hole and not having a plan and making things worse yeah that's it Ev. but isn't it so funny you're a scratch player and you get away from it you get excited about a birdie you have no plan you just look at the flag and you go and you don't but make the, a committed swing but in the back of my head i knew like mm, mm, I don't, yeah, yeah yeah like you had is, that when you know it's so just, funny i was filming like, with brett i'll end with this all ego a lot of yeah, totally. A lot of times, non-commitment can be very quiet. I never said this before, but there can just be a little inkling of hesitation. Like for example, when I was filming with Brett last week, I, I blocked a drive right. I'm like, oh, here, here, there, there it is. At least yeah. I showed it to you. Um, but I got a crazy kick in the middle of the fairway. Now I've got a five iron into Love a it. green par five water left, little downhill cool shot, and he goes. All right, so aim like five yards right of that flag and hit your fade. And I remember thinking to myself, hmm, he doesn't know that I tend to draw it with my irons. And I didn't change my line and I didn't start. I didn't stop. And I hooked it into the water. And then I and he stops. He goes, What happened there? I go, I was thinking I didn't tell you that I draw it. And I probably <laughs> should have aimed to the right part of that green. Oh. Um, so that no matter what, even if I miss it, right, I'm green side in two and I put it to like 12 feet on oh, the second God. one. I mean, sometimes like, non-commitment is just very quiet. It's just a little inkling of hesitation. So that was in any way. Right. For you. So sure. Do I need to go work on my short irons? Yeah, probably. Right. But it's around so many other things and it's mind attachment routine target yeah so for you this is a great <laughs> lesson for everybody because we know through doing the show and reflecting and talking through it just like you guys can do with your rounds cermak needs a plan like pretty much everybody you need a clear plan you need a clear flight you need a clear shot and then walk in and do it he needs a deliberate it'd be so funny we should do a video series where only one of us plays and the other caddies for us because we know each other's tendencies so much. Yeah. It would be interesting to see how we would do when someone forces the other one to do their process every time. I'm a great caddy, at, you know, caddy you are. Pat, got to the US amateur. I'd be happy to caddy for you and we shoot this, you know. And you know, and sometimes when you're hitting it sideways, like I have this past year, oh, we all have, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's very fun to put those clubs away and just walk and be the caddy. Yeah. It can be a fun freeing yeah. thing. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. 
I thought it was really maybe fun. Some, I maybe some of you guys are laughing, smirking because you hear about my, the good rounds I've had. Like, yep, sir. Yeah, he's human. <laughs> yeah. He's human. Oh yeah, he's very human. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is good. I think I hope you guys get a lot out of this, and I think it's a good lesson to get back to whatever works for you and notice, you know. How much are we trying to bring the last hole into this one? How much are we trying to compensate versus understand and learn? It's a lot of good stuff. So if this helped you guys, hopefully this helps you guys stay on track and not let things go off the rails after a couple confusing moments out there. So if it did, do us a solid. Give us a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hop aboard our YouTube channel and our email newsletter at thepartrain.com. Send a newsletter every Monday for free as well as you get first access to merchandise drops. But no matter what, Serm, no matter how many rocks they got below their feet at the bottom of the sand, no matter how afraid they are of going left, what do they got to do? Just back off from the rocks and enjoy the ride. Back (laughs) off, reset, and enjoy the ride. Don't think you can hit that shot because you can't. Enjoy the ride, guys. (laughs) Take care, guys. (laughs) 